Welcome back. Man, it's been forever. I am so, so happy. This is Views from the Back of the Class. I am one half of your hosting team, Jerry Banks, but you can call me JB, and I am here with my co-host. Hey, you're doing math pretty early. It messed me up a little bit, but it is Josh. Good to be back. Missed you guys. Big time. Uh, We definitely had a lot of big things in the works, and as we've said before, in many cases, you know, life's the Life stuff happens, man, and uh, we appreciate you guys rocking with us again mm-hmm. uh, through our brief hiatus. Uh, we're hoping not to have you wait too long again. We really want to get uh, back with you guys on a much more consistent basis moving forward. Uh, so we appreciate your patience and all that good stuff. We appreciate the people who kind of like reached out and was like, hey, where are the new episodes at? And, uh, you know, hit us with a DM and, and stuff like that. We're back. So, yes. And that does really do mean a lot to us uh it it helps to know that you know you guys are really enjoying what we're doing so we are gonna work very hard to make sure that we you know keep as a another nameless podcast we'll say give the people what they want (laughs) that's what it's all about shout out to my man jalen rose i can't not give them the the credit (laughs) i've listened to a couple of his i'm not a regular listener but it's pretty good yeah, it's an interesting, interesting podcast if you're into sports and such, which I am, so that that one works for me. Nerd who's into sports. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, we got a really special episode for you guys. But before we do that, stuff is going down, man. <laughs> it's been a while, as we've noted. So there's been a whole lot of traction. We know you guys don't come here necessarily for the news. Uh, you come here to get our perspectives on stuff but some stuff is just too big to let be let left unsaid so we're gonna we're gonna hit those number one on the list what in the heezy is happening over at disney how did endgame footage get leaked what is up with that (laughs) so i have not seen it um i've been successful so far in avoiding it um on social media and you know just on the opening up the news i think it was like on msn and it was like in-game footage you leaked and it's like no get out of here so i will say this if anyone spoils it for me um if i know you in my personal life you will be cut off for a little bit but i don't know how, i don't know what happened i think it sounds like somebody took footage from um the screening oh wow and from what i heard it's not like one scene it's it's a couple of scenes that are sliced together but According to one source, I think it was The Verge, they had an article about it without spoilers. But I think they said that most of the footage was like pivotal scenes in the movie. That is such a jerk move, man. It like, is. That is, and that is stuff like that, I guess, that's making these, you know, the ticket sales go crazy for, for like pre-sales. And apparently there's a secondary market for it and people are like upcharging the crap out of tickets yeah Um, but i get it for for that purpose right because you don't want this thing to be spoiled Mm -hmm. uh josh you're being a a whole lot more diplomatic about spoilers (laughs) than i am 
I'm here to tell you right now, we are, <laughs> if you spoil Endgame for me, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a, a relatively violent reaction. <laughs> maybe physically, maybe verbally, but it's going to get ugly. I uh, should have aimed for the head. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, that's the thing that kind of makes me sick. Right. Like, don't screw this up for other people, man. Just because you are living your miserable existence. Mm-hmm. And I guess this person <laughs> probably, I mean, ain't a miserable existence. You got to go to a freaking screening. You're right. doing big things here. Enjoy that. Mm-hmm. You know, and even, even if you think the movie sucks, say that. If if you can, I'm pretty sure they're still under embargo. But, right. you know, share your thoughts with it. But let everybody else get an opportunity to to experience this thing for right. themselves. Yeah, because, I mean, if for one thing or nothing else out of all the companies out there, um, I feel like Marvel really is the one who, and maybe because I'm pro-Marvel, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, give me a stipend. It's no big deal. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like they're the ones who really care about their fans. Not saying the other ones don't, but their care is is really evident. And they've even gone so far as to keep reviewers from, you know, seeing the movie until I think 48 hours or 24 hours before it's out. That's when they're going to let people actually uh, the professional critics review it and things like that. Usually when that happens or if they don't let them, you know, it's usually because the movie sucks. But in this case, it's they want to prevent spoilers and and make it sure it's an enjoyable experience for everyone who goes to go see it. So I appreciate that. So, you know, whoever this originates from. Normally, I don't really care too much about this kind of stuff. I mean, it sucks and all, but I do kind of hope that they are able to, you know, trace it back to the source and, you know, go after yeah. that person. Yeah. They Copyright violation. Do something with that. But what I, I do appreciate is the Russos coming out once again, because they yeah. did this with Infinity War as well, and just speaking directly to the fans and kind of, you know, hoping for the best out of people, which mm-hmm. is much better than what I could do. Right, and, um, and that goes along with what I was saying about Marvel and and you know them caring about the fan base because even um, the Russos have commented about the Ant Man theory, you know, and it, it's all in jest and everything. Yeah, but I saw that. It lets them, know, it lets people know that hey, we hear what you're talking, you guys are talking about, and you know, we're you guys just aren't, you know, dollar signs to us. You guys, you know, we we care about put, you know, putting something good out for you guys, and we also care about the, how it's received. So, yeah. Just good business. I, th- I think that speaks to, you know, the producers as well. Just with Kevin Hafeige being, you know, at the helm of the whole thing and knowing his background and how uh, true to good storytelling he has been. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's been trying to make things as comic book accurate as possible, even with, you know, other films that he was working on earlier before there was a Marvel Studios you know, just being involved with some of the Fox properties and uh, being around and obviously not having the same level of power that he currently has. But, you know, there are certain things that have taken place in in those films that were really done well. Like I'm thinking of X2 in particular. Um, mm-hmm. and Kevin Feige definitely had his hand in, you know, a lot of those things taking place in that way. So we can see it. It's it's evident in, in you know, the product they're delivering and at this point, man, we're all kind of invested, right? So just let 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 the payoff happen just as much for me as the next person. That's that's right. kind of how I see it. 
I mean, the moments that we got in Infinity War, you know, definitely wouldn't have been as good being spoiled. Yes, right. the overall film would have been a similar experience, but um, and I'm going to go ahead and say a spoiler alert here. If you have not seen Infinity War, I don't know why you're listening to us <laughs> at this point if you haven't seen it, but uh, you may want to fast forward a couple minutes. Um, you know, the Spider-Man death scene, like if you know that that's coming, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same emotional punch, I think. Or uh, the the Loki death or, you know, Hulk getting beat down. Like if you know these things are going to happen, it's just not the same. Right. Doesn't carry you still as much enjoy weight. it, but it doesn't carry the same weight. And and what I think happens, at least for me, I have a hard time turning my brain off with these films anyway. So if I know something is going to happen, I'm spending so much of my time and energy trying to figure out anticipate how. when this thing is going to take place. You know, you end up missing out on a yeah. good movie or you know a good chunk of a really good film um, based on a spoiler. So right, and then I read reiterate if you spoil this for me <laughs> you're done <laughs> no i think uh too it's like when you when you look at everything that went in to get to this point 22 movies and to have it spoiled you know the the ending of this phase spoiled that's that's a kick in the teeth yeah man it's like you 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 know prepared this gourmet meal that is taking you you know hours and hours of prep work and as you're getting ready to go serve it, somebody knocks it out of your hands as you're taking it to the dining room or something like that. Okay, that happens one time. I I didn't know you were coming out that door. It it was a mistake. I'm sorry. I've apologized. Yeah, it almost went down that day. <laughs> All right, a little extreme, but you get where I'm going with it. But yeah, that that's just kind of where my where I stand on that, and I guess we're in agreement with it. Mm-hmm. I think most of the world is in agreement on it in this case. Right. Just a just a few trolls that are still out there and that's what I'm kind of afraid of are the people who did get their tickets for like the earlier screenings mm-hmm. who either A are just jerks and you know want to spoil stuff or B they some people still at this point don't necessarily get the significance of it. Mm-hmm. They'll learn quickly. <laughs> yeah. They will learn quickly. Uh but the lesson being learned doesn't change the fact that they have already spoiled it for somebody. So that's true. I'm sure all of our classmates are, are well above that one. But if you guys could do us a favor and tell a friend to tell a friend, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. I think it was the verge or I think it was CNET or Buzzfeed. One of them, they came out with a list, uh, a how to guide to avoid in game spoilers. So we'll post that, that with the, um, with the show notes for this episode. So just in case, you know, keep it enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. That'd be helpful for the people. Yeah. I actually did not read the article because I didn't want to mistakenly get anything spoiled. <laughs> like I stopped watching trailers after I want to say the second one. So when the TV spots come on, I'm looking like a, a kid. Like I literally had my fingers in my ears and my eyes closed the other day. Cause I couldn't find a remote. <laughs> Glad there's no no photographic evidence of that. That's pretty know, wild. That'd be but pretty pretty crazy. I'm serious about this thing. I don't, yeah. I don't I don't want any spoilers. We have less. Well, we have about a week to go. A week. So, yep. Uh, and then then that's it 
for now. Did you and Donna get tickets? We did. I have not purchased my tickets yet. I'm going to buy them this week, though. It's good to have those options this late in the game. I'm not stressing at all. Right. Must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) In this case, it is. In this case, there's a definite benefit to that. What else is going on out there? What's up in the the nerdverse? So, in other news, uh, now that we're all marveled out and you'll get plenty of in-game stuff from us uh, in the coming episodes for sure. DCU still chugging along, even after Disney Plus kind of dropped a, a nuclear bomb in the uh, in the streaming wars. <laughs> With I wouldn't their say price it's... point and all of the the content that we know is coming out, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it was looking scary for a couple of days. I thought um, I thought that maybe DCU or of all of the streaming services would be the most nervous but they seem to be just fine and they just released uh images of their new series uh swamp thing which we we finally get a chance to see what he's gonna look like that looks kind of exciting and i think that's that's pretty dope that um that's a series that is gonna well got greenlit and we're gonna get i wasn't super on board with it uh, I thought it was a kind of obscure, obscure character to use and a, a real off-the-wall place to go with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good thing because they're offering something different than what we could get at Disney+, Plus. I think. And that's right. really important. And the thing about it, too, is like Disney doesn't own the entire world yet. So it's nice that, you know, one good thing about these, these services and, and even TV shows is that it allows these characters to exist in a medium where they probably wouldn't be successful otherwise. Like, you're not going to probably be able to make much money on a Swamp Thing movie or a Doom Patrol movie or things like that. But on the TV screen, on streaming, it's successful. So that's not just good for the big guys, but it's also good news for, like, the smaller, semi-independent comics. I think uh, FX kind of, you know, there was creative differences between their... Uh, why the last man show yeah. so but that doesn't mean you know it can't go somewhere else it just means you know they, it just has to find a home but these are all i think these are all good things for the the uh tv shows and for the medium as a whole i agree i think long form storytelling is a way to go with like a, a superhero or comic book based series anyway because mm-hmm. that's kind of how we consume it right it's one piece of a story at a time Mm-hmm. Um, unless you get a trade, which I guess you could equate that to binging. Right. Which is what but I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can, that's not an option, at least not right away for DC Universe, which at first I thought was a really dumb idea. But I think especially considering the type of content they're delivering, I think that one episode a week model is actually really good because it gives you a chance to digest what you watched. And it seems like some of the stuff is a little heavy or maybe not heavy, but it requires you to pay attention. And you may have to do multiple watches and it's really hard to do that if you're trying to binge, you know, four or five, six, 12 episodes over the course of a weekend. Ain't no going back and revisiting nothing until you finish. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying some (laughs) people have been known to do it. I don't. I don't know who these people are. <clears throat> Josh, <clears throat> Donna. <laughs> and I had this thing in my throat. It's been bothering me. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you're getting sick again. Yeah, might be. Might yeah. be. It's all this cold weather. 
so yeah, Swamp Thing is, I think that's gonna be a good, um, good pickup. It, it it's good to have that kind of variety. Um, I think in the medium in general, and like you said, Disney is slowly but surely trying to take over the world. So it's nice to be able to have some place that isn't necessarily Disney Central. Not that I got any beef with with them in particular, but um, you got everything coming out of one studio it's eventually is going to start to stifle the creative process right because it's all going through one gatekeeper so obviously it's going to be filtered through that lens and as of now it hasn't been a problem but moving forward that is a potential potential issue that we could run into not to mention the real world implication stuff i'm i'm just talking about entertainment part of it but you know the actual people who were affected by this business deal that we're all excited about you know it's a ton of people that lost their jobs true uh, not to be too somber on it but that's just the reality of it and you know very true quite a bit of stuff going on but i'm I'm excited about that i think that's going to be dope new dark phoenix trailer that <laughs> i don't really care about but same <laughs> it's out there I haven't watched <laughs> the only the only um, times I've seen glimpses of it is just be in uh, scrolling through like Instagram or something. I, I haven't sought it out. Haven't uh, I, I, I don't care. I I tried. I really did. I I went ahead and watched it because I was like, okay, well maybe it's gonna be better than I thought. Not not this newest one. I think they dropped one a day, but like the first actual trailer that wasn't a teaser and i mean it still looks like it might be visually it looks like it could be good like it may have been shot very well and i think especially some of the the space part of it is probably going to be pretty dope but i just don't have any high hopes for the movie so don't really care i mean part of it too is like why get invest invested in something when you know that's it. Like, you know, it's going to. There's a way to make all that work, though. And it, they're saying that we won't ever see that we won't see the X-Men in Endgame. And I'm sorry to take it back there. But that doesn't mean that we won't get a reference to him. And I. I know this is not, you know, Endgame or post Endgame theories. We go back a couple episodes for that one. But I got one real quick. <laughs> the the potential for there to be alternate universes or um, the concept of a multiverse can still make that a viable thing, right? That could just be a universe that existed that no longer does. So it still kind of feeds into the the current universe or whatever post-game world we have if that's the route they take. But because we don't know, I wouldn't just dismiss it offhand. At least not for that reason. I was just I'm just gonna say that I prefer them to keep them separate, let this universe, this franchise die, and then when Marvel is ready to do it more justice, because some of the X-Men movies were good, let them go ahead and do that and start anew in the MCU. Agreed. Yeah. I wouldn't Agreed. I wouldn't I wouldn't try to, you know, put a bow on a pig or lipstick on a pig, whatever they say. I'm, I mean, I think it would be all right to do it because the Phoenix Force could be a event film in and of itself. And there is precedent there for it. But that's neither here nor there. 
we ain't gonna deal with that right now. We'll <laughs> we'll talk that in our upcoming uh, end game episode, which is to be recorded very very soon. Can't wait to do it. So yes, there is a ton of ton of other news items. Um, I I just don't want to really spend a ton more time on it. I thought it was funny that John Cena was is gonna, uh, potentially going to be a new Suicide Squad. Um, I don't think John Cena is a great actor, but I think that a movie like this fits him. So yeah. good for him, especially with James Gunn at the helm. I mean, I think they're going to treat this one as more of a reboot, kind of. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So, but you can kind of do that. It it could be a sequel or a reboot or whatever. That's kind of the idea behind Task Force X, right? It's doesn't have to be the same cast of characters and you can really grab from anybody mm-hmm. from anti-heroes to actual villains and there's a you know a story of redemption that can be told in there so they got a, a pretty big sandbox to play in for that last but not least for the news items and that's just for us because there is tons of news out there um for all of the Game of Thrones fans out there, <laughs> apparently George Lucas has been involved. He's huh. uh yeah, he's directed not like a whole episode, but he directed a scene from the from the premiere. What scene it was, I couldn't tell you which one it was, but yeah, I've, I just thought that was pretty cool that he would have even been involved at all. You know, it's funny is I've never uh, seen that show. Game of Thrones? <laughs> nope. Mm. Are your parents are your pants currently on fire? No, I don't I've never seen Game of Thrones. The liar, only, liar, the, pants. The only scene I the only scene burning. I've seen is like the Red Wedding. I've never watched an episode. I thought I remember you saying that you and Donna watched the over the course of a weekend. My bad. I take it back. No, no, no. It would have been um the zombie one walking dead no i'm pretty sure it was game of thrones i remember having this conversation but doesn't matter i i legit (laughs) have not watched game of thrones and i know i know i know that is apparently a thing i promise you guys i'm not that dude i'm not like proudly proclaiming to not have watched game of thrones when i say it is usually to inform somebody who's trying to talk to me about it mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm not being you know the, that guy it's just not nah, i didn't see it sorry right i can tell you about umbrella academy though we can talk about that <laughs> which has been renewed for season two yes it has yes it has going back you know what i mean news items upon news items guys We're really excited to do this episode tonight. Yes. Required a lot of research on our part, kind of a lot of time spent uh, talking with people online about certain things, getting, putting our, our finger in the pulse, so to speak. Star Wars originally debuted in May 1977 and took the world by storm. It was something that audiences had never seen at the time and became a worldwide sensation overnight. 
It was one of the most popular film franchises in the world and sparked seven movies, one universally panned holiday special, four animated series, two made-for-TV films, and dozens of books and video games. In December 2012, the Walt Disney Company purchased Lucasfilm, the owner of Star Wars and its properties, and announced not only a new set of movies, but the reunion of the original cast from the first trilogy. In the time since, episodes 7 and 8 have been released to critical acclaim and commercial success. But they've also had mixed reception from the fan base, some arguing that the films are nothing more than poor rewrites of the original and haven't moved the pendulum. Others argue that the film has more than lived up to the hype and moved the franchise ahead for a new generation. We've decided to look back and see if we could form an honest opinion. We're hoping to answer the question, what really happened? Star Wars this week, man. If you look at the franchise from the 70s in the, in the first set of trilogies for, uh, was it four, five, and six? You know, those movies were outstanding at the time. There were a lot of highs in the franchise. I mean, you had, <laughs> you had the low point at the beginning was a holiday special, which is, is god awful if you've ever seen it. I think it's on YouTube. Trizash, don't do it. <laughs> it's 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 so weird um and then the lows too shout out the, to the life debt <laughs> <laughs> right the life day celebration it's it's such a weird thing but then there's the prequels that came out in the late 90s early 2000s and um how people were kind of disappointed with the with the phantom menace and then the movie, you know, the the trilogy concludes. the The series concludes. We know we got the ending of the story at the beginning, and then we got the the beginning of the story at the end, and that was done. And from what I can tell, I mean, there were still um, expanded universe novels and stories, and there were still sto- stories being fleshed out in between that time. But with the Clone Wars and the books and the game, so there was still much of a story to be told but essentially what star wars is well episodes one through six is the story of anakin skywalker his rise to the dark side and then his redemption that's the story george lucas wrote uh that's what he planned out for for the franchise and uh, that's what was filmed but then you know in 2012 he sells the franchise to disney and they awesomely announced that the entire cast is going to be back. Some of the writers from the original, uh, the first set of, of movies are is going to be back. And it's exciting. For a franchise this big, that's, that's huge news. And they've released episode seven, 
Rogue One, Episode Eight, and then Solo. So, for me, and not jumping directly into the conclusion or anything like that, but for me, the announcement of the original cast, big deal. The storylines of where they could have gone, just like the the universe is, you know, it's infinite. And Disney, I mean, there was a lot of material written after episode six about what Luke did, what Leia did, what Han did, you know, what their families did, and standalone stories from that. But Disney, when they bought them, they kind of reorganized the universe. They kind of cleaned it up in some ways, and in other ways, they, they undid a lot of cool things. But for the movies, they could have they could have gone in so many different directions. And what they did was kind of pick up from where George Lucas left off and continue to try to build on that. So that's where episode seven comes in, uh, The Force Awakens. And having gone back and, and doing research for this episode, you know, tried to go back and rewatch the movie so that I'm more familiar with them and uh, things like that. And, you know, without being biased or anything like that, I think it's easiest to say that my favorite movie of the new ones of the new series is Rogue One. But The Force Awakens, I think, missed the mark. And I know that's controversial to say because a lot of people love The Force Awakens and uh, what it did. And, you know, they say it's one of the you know best Star Wars movies out there. But I have to say that I disagree. I think specific to The Force Awakens, I think what you have with The Force Awakens in particular is the beginnings or at least the it becomes more apparent that there is a pretty big split in the Star Wars community. And it's I guess it's more than one, but I guess the original split was more. You know, were you team four, five, six? Were you team one, two, three? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it had a lot to do with when your exposure to this franchise was. The grownups, for the most part, and for lack of a better word, caught on to it with the original trilogy um, with with the when the Phantom Menace come out, like 1999, I believe. I think so. Yeah. So if that was your first exposure to the Star Wars franchise, you're quite likely to be someone, you know, in your early to mid 20s ish. And that is a group that, you know, eventually would have gone back and looked at the original trilogy. But that wasn't where you fell in love with it. So fast forward to The Force Awakens. If I think the people who were exposed to Star Wars based on either video games or, you know, the second trilogy i think they probably enjoyed the force awakens a lot more with the original group i think everybody fell in love with the idea of the force awakens Mm -hmm. and then the execution is where they had questions i think most people still enjoyed it i don't think there's anybody other than you josh that i can think of that were just flat out like, eh, well, I didn't enjoy it. People certainly had questions or concerns about it. I'm I'm among that group. Uh, but I still, I thought it was enjoyable. But I could certainly understand 
based on the same concerns that I have, why you may not or why people who don't don't. It makes sense to me. Like it doesn't feel like it's out of left field the way some others do. Right. And and like I I agree with you about what you said about um being in love with the idea, not the execution, because that announcement of the the original cast coming back and also there being a new cast, which right. lets you you know, it ties you to the past and it, it ties you to the future and where the franchise is gonna go. I That's mean that first trailer idea. with um uh, with Han when he's like Chewy, we're home. Yeah. Yo, you had grown, like full grown forty, fifty year old adults weeping openly <laughs> <laughs> over that one. So it was it was definitely um an impact and the box office numbers you know back that up it was it was huge right but the execution for me and 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 like i said if you watch it and this is what i say about a lot of jj abrams films um especially the the star trek movies that he made i only watched two of them i didn't watch the third one um they're good movies by themselves but they're not really tied to the source material right so they're you know they're they're good movies, but there's something about them that keeps them from being, you know, a Star Trek movie or a Star Wars movie. And I know that sounds kind of weird to, to say it like that, but hopefully you understand what I mean by that and that it just doesn't feel 100% connected to the earlier, the, the, the movies one through six. Right. And in the execution of it, you announce in, tw- I think it was 2012 when this announcement came out, um, I think a little bit after the purchase, you make the announcement that, hey, we're we're making new movies. We're, we have the original cast coming back. But the storyline is there's, there's a lot of things lifted from episode four, A New Hope. Right. So it's, in my opinion, um, in, in trying to be objective about this, as, as a fan who's been, you know, who's not been waiting for new movies, because I was, I'm one of those weird people who I like the original and I like the the, the prequels from the '90s and the 2000s. Um, I don't love the prequels as much, but there are things from them that I I do like. Um, if you know, go back and watch the Phantom edit and the. Uh, the edit for the Attack of the Clones that a fan made where he cut out a lot of scenes and redubbed some stuff. It, it improves the movies a lot. So um, I can see that because, I mean, it's a lot of just people sitting around talking as yeah, politics. Of, like, who cares? Exactly. Nobody wants to see sausage get made. But as a fan who's been waiting, or not necessarily been waiting, but have been told, like, hey, we're going to make new movies, I kind of want to see something new. So when I right. go into a movie, you know, after anticipating seeing all of, you know, favorite characters and things like that come back, I don't want to see the, a new hope all over again. And that's what it was. To me, it's a disservice to the fans because Star Wars is going to make a lot of money. If you if you release it in theaters, it's going to make a lot of money. It made money back in the 70s and the 80s. It made money in the early 90s when they re-released the, the movies, the original, before the prequels came out. When they re-released it, it made money. It made money in home box office. It made money um, in video games and books and things like that. Star Wars is going to make money. So you have to, and this kind of goes back to talking about how, how it's evident 
that the people behind this material care about the fans and making sure that they put out something that the fans will enjoy or that the you know helps grow the community or things like that and and reading you know articles that came out before the movie was released and after the movies were were released there were things there was this, there was a comment made by JJ Abrams um that said you know you have to take steps back to go forward and that should have been a, a red flag then because it's like there's no reason to go back in this franchise you know we know well, the story ba- backwards and forward and if you're young and you don't know the story you know you can go back and learn it and things like that it doesn't have to be spelled out for you agreed and in this they, they've done that and you know, to invest the months it takes to film and, and um, produce it and things like that. Like, it's shot beautifully. Uh, the acting is good. The characters are interesting enough. Kylo Ren um, was, he would have been, a, I think, an awesome villain, but then he took his helmet off. <laughs> and then it was like, right, this is, you know, you've you've lost me on, on this. Just an emo teenager. Yeah. And who's too old to act like that? Right. But I think there's something to that as well. And maybe that's just me looking for something that isn't necessarily there or, or you know, adding depth to it that uh, wasn't there. And I guess that's a credit to Adam Driver. But I think even with... Oh, he's a good actor. I'm not, he, I'm not saying he, he's not. No, he really is. I think um, the thing about Kylo with him behaving the way that he does and is really unbecoming of a good villain. I think that's the point though. Right? Is he is not quite there and instead of being enraged and as menacing as you would want him to be, he kind of comes off as a little bit whiny, a little bit. I would yeah, I would say a little bit whining because it's not like he was full on whining or crying about anything, but he did have his temper tantrum, mm-hmm. and in the moment with with uh, Han on the bridge was, I mean you could see it coming a mile away, and it was a little bit weak, yeah, in my opinion. But um, you know what's funny is I remember sitting in the the theater because we went opening night, and. Um, Donna is a huge Star Wars fan. I think she's a bigger fan than I am. And we're watching the movie and we're maybe 30 or 40 minutes in. And I'm like, I think they're going to kill Han off. Yeah. And she's like, no, they're not. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're going to kill Han off. And then the scene is happening. I'm like, they're going to kill him off. I mean, you can see it from the way they were shooting it, the angle they shot and just, yeah the slow walk across the bridge and the conversation i'm like yeah this is this ain't good for him Mm -hmm. but even before that i think they were laying breadcrumbs out earlier in the movie and i and i i think where the movie fails like when you when you you lift up the skirt that's a kind of a perverted phrase but when you you know you look underneath the hood where the movie fails (laughs) is Is that it, re- it relies too much on looking back instead of telling a story, you know, a new story or, or even if it's connected to the, to the original series, it relies too much on an old formula instead of something new. 
And that's why I think that the effect is like, oh yeah, it's, it's a, it's a Star Wars movie and, um, you know, they're flying through space and, and shooting, you know, laser guns and all this other stuff. But when you, you take all those distractions away and look at what the, the story is, it, it, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's not anything, but it's nothing really substantial about it. There's nothing really remarkable about it. There's nothing really new about it. So for this, for for me, The Force Awakens is kind of like, why even make it? You know, you well, could have... I think, I think what we're getting with with The Force Awakens, I mean, yes, you do have, you know, quite a few callbacks to A New Hope, but um, nostalgia is the thing, right? So you did need to have that. But no, I, I think I, what we're seeing more than anything... It's just the idea of a hero's journey being played out, right? And it's just in this case, it was Ray instead of Luke. But that's not an uncommon trope that we get in any of these movies. No, if that's you really, like every if hero you really movie, think about yeah. it, they all do it the same way. Like, this is no different than um, Iron Man, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. He had his hero's journey the same way. Um, obviously, it's not exactly the same as a different universe, but the the notion of or just kind of the broad category of hero's journey it, it it is the same so there were going to be similarities there and i think with that and then you add to it you know bringing back the original cast and needing to make those callbacks to kind of connect the whole story i think that might be what you're seeing now if you didn't enjoy it, you didn't enjoy it. And that, that's certainly, I mean, that's cool. And that's, you're entitled to that one, but I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that it is um, like a lack of creativity on JJ's part, I guess. That's, uh, that's, that's what it sounds like from you where, what it is or the way you see it. And I don't, I don't know that that's exactly what's happening here. No, I believe it is. I believe it's a hundred percent, not just a lack of creativity on, on his part, because like I said, the movie is shot beautifully, and the, some of the scenes are amazing, which is something you you wished you could see in the original Star Wars, but technology was limited at the time. But I'm saying it's a lack of creati- creativity, not just in his part, but the people at Lucasfilm. Because you can, and, and you know, we've done this in, in prior episodes, we're just speculating on things, and, you know, Captain Marvel has proved proved us wrong in some regards, but you can tie in these original characters and create an entire new story for people. You could, Star Wars is the type of franchise where you can hit the ground running and be successful. Or maybe I don't know if that's so much the case anymore. I was, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know if that's the case because of Solo, but there's a reason why, with the exception of Solo, these movies have been box office hits. I think they've they've made over a billion dollars, three of them, um, or two billion dollars. Um, oh yeah, well over that. It's a reason why, and I agree. It's like, yes, you can have episode seven, right? But episode seven can be its own self-contained story. You can have its, you know, your own character going through their going through the hero story arc. 
and you know have the other characters kind of like passing the baton or being there as as uh supporting characters i mean if you look at the the star trek show that they're gonna that they're planning with patrick stewart they're talking about patrick stewart being a patriarch kind of to a new generation so you could have you could have done that with this movie and taken it the franchise in another direction faster than what they're doing maybe maybe i I think i see where you're going with that and just as a side note so you're really just gonna leave that new generation out there about picard what do you mean his show is called the next generation Mm -hmm. and you said dude never mind all right i thought you were no, no, I thought you were. I thought you did that on purpose. I thought you had to play on words there. I thought that was pretty clever. No, I'm not that smart. <laughs> this guy. Um, no, I get where you're going. Where they could have could have done it faster, uh, maybe. But that it seems like not. It seems like it is evidently. Um, each time they're going to tell a part of the Skywalker story. And that's ultimately what we're getting here, right? It's just Mm -hmm. an extension of that. Uh, It has been a trilogy, right? The first time was uh, when we were first introduced to the Skywalkers. We didn't realize that it was a family at first. And we're getting, you know, Darth Vader as an adult after he's made his decisions and he's, you know, over on on the dark side and kind of seeing his journey. You, You spoke to that arc already, the second part of it, we get to see Anakin and his, you know, leading up to that and the decisions that he made, had to make, and you know, ultimately did make. Um, and now, I think this is the closeout of the uh, the Skywalker story. So it had to be done in threes, just because ask, that's how it has been done. Let me ask you this: Why did they need to continue the Skywalker story? I don't know that they needed to. Exactly. Um, they they didn't. Because it was well No, they the reason I say they didn't I guess I guess we'll have to watch this last one to know for sure why they had to do it. Um no, it didn't it didn't necessarily have to be the Skywalker story. I think the reason why we we like I was a part of the planning. <laughs> the reason why Lucasfilm went in that direction was because it was a known commodity, uh, and there was such a gap in between. I mean, from the time that uh, Revenge of the Sith came out and The Force Awakens was what, twelve uh, years? Twelve years? No, 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 like no, no. no, it couldn't have been twelve. Ten, what ten or eleven? Somewhere no, no, nine, that. nine, nine. It was like not, no, I think it was ten. It was ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was 2005 to 2015. Anyway, so you got a decade of gap in between those. But if you're really connecting episode six to episode seven, you're talking about several decades at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So you do have to call back to that um, in order to close out. I guess what I'm saying is that is the that was the known commodity that was the the money maker in both of the preceding trilogies so you kind of have to bet on that especially if you're coming out of the gate basically as a new studio 
right? It's still Lucasfilm, but it's no longer under Lucas's control. That was after he sold it to Disney. Right. So it really is essentially a new company. Um, you got to go with what's known, right? Because they, they're in the business to make money. They like to entertain us and they want to make, you know, tell good stories. But at the end of the day, it's about this bread. So exactly. They. That's why you have to go back to the Skywalker story. Um, I think after closing it, you now have this rich history full of stories that you can tell and you can expand on this, you know, galaxy far, far away and really get into, you know, really whatever they want. Um, you got the nice of the old Republic. You could do, you know, Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. um, for some reason, people want to, um, not Jabba, um, oh, Boba Fett. Thank you. People want yeah. a Boba Fett story. I don't really know why, but right. Okay. They love him and he's only at like 15 seconds of screen time. That's what trips me <laughs> out about how he got to be so popular off of, off of a, you know, a cup of coffee. Uh, I mean, I guess the concept of bounty hunting, that, that could be a good, you know, good story to tell, but that's the point that there are so many pieces of, of the lore that can be explored now. Once we finally go ahead and end what's going on with this one family, or at so, least at least conclude the story, not even to say that we won't ever hear from the Skywalkers again. I think that we could and should, but they don't have to be the sole purpose of this universe existing. I agree, but that's exactly what Disney's done. I don't believe that um, Disney or Lucasfilm had to continue the Skywalker story. The reason I say that is because, one, George Lucas, who we we all know created the series, he concluded that story. I mean, Return of the Jedi was a pretty definite solid ending. (laughs) Exactly. So leave it at that. Disney and Lucasfilm could have really started fresh. The, The Skywalker saga was done at the end of Return of the Jedi, and it didn't need to be continued. So... You know, what to, you're, for what you, for you, because no, you were for, you you were familiar with the the lore from the first one. But if I am a, you know, 18 year old in 2015, all I know are the prequels. Yeah, I saw I saw um, A New Hope and, you know, Empire, Return of the Jedi. I've seen all of these. But those are my dad's movies, right? My movies are uh, Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones. Like, that's my stuff. So right. to, by, to get me, to get my dollars, yes, you had to retell the Skywalker story. And but but you kind of had to tell it the way that you did. But by your own argument, is if you're familiar with the prequels and you're, you're familiar with the flashy, Jedi, the flashy Jedi and the Force control that you've never seen, like in the originals and all this other stuff. So. Right you probably would be more interested in prequel, more prequel stories than what is after after the Jedi are decimated. Because all that flashiness, all that, that lore and everything, not lore, but all the uh, the Jedi code and all this other stuff, that's out the right. window and it's Done. not really, it's it's one guy, you right. know, by the end of the, 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 the prequel movies. So... True. That's what you would be drawn to as a Flash. So... Whether but you got that in the Force Awakens. But that's but that's what I'm saying is, you're not at that point. If if the last one you've seen are one, two, and three, or that's what you're most familiar with, 
you're not as familiar with um, the the original story, you know, one, three, uh, four, five, and six. Right. So what's to prevent you from being drawn in to the same universe with, you know, the characters from the originals who are overseeing, you know, a new set of Jedi or a new threat or something like that. That's all I'm saying. What Lucas film because you got to get because you got to get everybody that's what it is it's that's my thing though it's star wars it's star wars and you're announcing a new set you know you're announcing a new um set of movies it the first movie people are gonna come see it regardless just because they're curious about what's being done and part of that, yeah, like you said, but I don't think that it, it becomes this record breaking phenomenon without that. Like, that's I, really, I that, you, you kind of married the two fan bases with the announcement um, with The Force Awakens the way that they did. You get the the fans of the prequels with right. the flash and, you know, special effects, and you get to see right. all of that. Right. But by saying that we're bringing back the original actors, that sold it to. A group who may have been kind of ready to walk away from the franchise and in a lot of cases they had because they did not like what Lucas did with the prequels and subsequently the things that were happening after that you know leading up to what eventually became the uh, the Force Awakens but we didn't know right right as far as we knew uh Revenge of the Sith was it but what I'm, what I guess what I'm saying is that, like you mentioned, you know, the lore that goes that goes with the original cast and things like that. It's they're using that kind of to to drag out this development of this new trilogy. And to me, it's not because of creativity. It's not because they have a story to tell. Because the story that they're telling has has been told already. I mean. You you're replacing the empire with uh, what is it called the new empire or something like that the I can't even think it's the the Knights of Ren or something like that I forget the Knights of whatever Ren Kylo's and, people are right but you're replacing the empire with that you're replacing stormtroopers with this new set of stormtroopers you're right. replacing the emperor with Snoke it's not it's the four, same four thing over it. <laughs> and explain and promise to explain his his backstory and don't do that. But right. I'm just saying you're 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 taking the goodwill that people have built over the franchise, whether they like the originals, the new ones, kind of both of them, parts of them or whatever. You're taking that goodwill and with the premise that, hey, if I hear the originals are coming back, I'm thinking they're going to there's going to be a sub, you know, they're going to be part of the plot in a, in a substantial way. Now, if I hear there's a new cast, too, I'm like, oh, okay, they're they're going to be intertwined and stuff like that. I can see this. You know, I'm not butthurt because it's like, oh, I want to see Luke kick butt. I don't care. I just want to see a good story um, right. play out on screen. And that's why, to me, th- this movie kind of failed because I've seen it already. I don't, you know, it, you can call it what you want. You can call it the New Order. I think that's what it is. New Order or the Galactic it. Empire. Yep. It's it's still the same thing. You can call it, you know, whatever that base is. You can call it the Death Star or whatever it was called. I can't remember. Star Killer, but no, it wasn't Star Killer base. That was a game. But whatever it is, it's the Death Star. You know what I mean? Yeah, essentially. It's the same thing. And I get giving, um, 
you know, tributing things to the original movies and stuff like that. We've seen in Jurassic Park and that was not Jurassic Park. We've seen it done in Jurassic World in regards to Jurassic Park, where they did nods and sometimes shot for shot um, tribute to the to the original Jurassic Park film. But it was, you know, brief and things like that, just so you know, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're get, you know, shouting out Jurassic Park. So you can have those things. But like this movie, The Force Awakens, like I said, if you watch it and you're, you know, you're, you're watching it as um, just a movie and not not really tying it into the entire thing, it's fine. You know, it's enjoyable. It's an action film. Um, it's fine. But when you're when you're looking at it as far as in, in, in mapping the timeline out in the events, it's the exact same thing as episode four. You know, for me, I can't there's not really a, a reason story wise why they would continue the saga other than the fact that it's a surefire way to get people to come to the movies and to make money off of it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm, you know, it's like we were just talking about suicide squad and can't remember what the original one did box office wise, but this one is kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of a sequel on its own. So it's not really relying on the original. It's kind of its own story that they're, that they're, you know, doing for that movie so i mean star wars if anyone can do it star wars could have you know they could have had a story where luke is bringing up a new class of jedi and you know somebody but even in doing that it would still be the skywalker story it wouldn't be a skywalker story though how would it not? It's Luke training Jedi as opposed to, um, you know, Yoda or Obi-Wan having done it. So but, they're both, they're dead. Well, they're dead now, but what yeah. I'm saying is the original story was about Vader mm-hmm. and his family, right? His his son and or who we eventually came to know as his son, his daughter and you know, his relationship to the Force, right? It was Vader's story. In taking the story and focus it on Luke as it being Luke's story, as opposed to Vader, is still the Skywalker family. And it would still be through the lens of the Skywalkers. It wouldn't be any different. And that's, that's you know, currently what we're dealing with right now, the, the Skywalker that we're, talking about is um is kylo Mm -hmm. maybe ray and some other theories that are out there right but my Um, thing i i see what you're saying but my thing is it's totally different to have him involved in training or as you know taking on the mantle as a jedi master and bringing and trying to reestablish the order versus you doing that and then his nephew is is the vader-esque villain and conflicted and all this other stuff they could have made kylo ren you know someone who who just turned away that you know snoke apparently has um he's for he's force sensitive and has knowledge of the dark side and this and that they could just made snoke the the big bad agreed or the antagonist agreed or it could have still been kylo why did kylo have to be ben solo Exactly. 
that this is what I mean, though. It all keeps going back to the Skywalkers. And even if you put Luke in that role as the 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 main protagonist in the story, and it could be about him training a new a new batch of Jedi and it's focused on that portion of it and, you know, kind of rebuilding from that you're still focused on this family. You're just taking a different point of view than you did before, but it's still a a branch of the same family, though it's a slightly different perspective of it because they aren't the same type of people. Still a Skywalker story. What I'm saying is after they close this out, there's no reason to tell a Skywalker centric story like you mean to tell me that there's nobody outside of people that are connected to this family that are force sensitive that's can't see it can't see it and and there are enough creative people out there that somebody should be able to tell a story that is completely um separate from this particular family but you need to have a closing point to the story in order to accomplish that and right. I, I guess I kind of see your point with they should have been able to do that beginning with episode um, seven. Right. And go from there. But because they didn't, I guess they didn't want to gamble on it. I suppose I understand why. Right. And we we've talked about it already. Right. It being pretty risk averse because of there being unrest in the, the fandom. Um, and there still is. <laughs> That has not changed. No, I, it I, may I, have I, gotten worse. I've interacted with the Reddit folks, so those people are overall. It's a good. It's a good thread, but some of those people are. are there's there is no middle ground for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm the people I can't fool with. Yeah, there's no no level of nuance in them. Um, I think, I think we are in a good place. I no. do. Whether. Whether episode nine turns out to be, you know, really, really good or not, I still think that it will close out the story. That so then it out. gives us an. <laughs> <laughs> they're Fair conclu- enough. They're concluding a story that was already concluded. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and, Fair enough. You know, well, it, Vader's story was concluded. But, but not Luke's. That's Luke's story, though. Luke's story and Vader's story overlapped. Luke's story is ends in Return of the Jedi, and you can have the assumption that he's going to do his best to, um, to uh, bring the Jedi back, right? And then you can jump ahead thirty years, and he's he's done that to an extent. His and his story is is basically done. His story is he's he's the 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 master and the teacher. Right. It doesn't mean he's the one on the front lines. I mean, theoretically, he would be the big boss who comes out to, you know, save the day, yeah. or or be a part of that. Right. But ultimately, that story doesn't have to revolve around him, which is why you have like a new cast, a new casting. And for me, I mean, the, the two th- uh, seven came out what twenty fifteen. Yep. Nine is coming out in 20, 2019. So, you know, four years, three movies. I I don't see where that's not really a waste of time because we don't even know 
when the next set of movies are coming out. We don't even know what they're going to be about. I know part of that is because, you know, nine hasn't come out. Right. But and and people are talking about like, oh, it's going to take Star Wars in a new direction and this and that. It needs to. And I, I imagine that it will. Right. But if you go back and you look and you look back at episode one, two and three and then four, five and six, each one of those movies, for better or worse, took Star Wars in a new direction. Yeah. I can't say that these movies eight and nine or seven and eight have done that. Well, we don't know about nine yet. Right. Yeah. Nine. I mean, nine we can't talk, speak to, but so far seven well, and eight have just have put the franchise in a holding pattern to quote jj abrams you know you have to take steps back to go forward they've just taken steps back and they have not gone forward at all but the process isn't complete yet either we're looking at a a, a caterpillar inside the cocoon we gotta let it finish and then we can have a, a good assessment of what we're dealing with once the product is complete Yes and no. For instance, going to MCU, Marvel Studios, and what they did. Iron Man, step forward. You know, Thor, step forward. All the everything they did was a step forward. Except for Thor, Dark World, and Iron Man three. <laughs> um, I, I I like those movies, but mm. they're probably the weaker ones, which is not a bad thing, but. What basically what I'm saying is they took every they took an opportunity with their movies to advance their storyline to advance the franchise and things like that, and that's something that Star Wars, which is a bigger franchise than the Avengers at least at the time, Star Wars has failed to do, and you know saying that oh we have to look at it when when it's complete isn't accurate because. Endgame comes out next week, but you right. can go back and say even Captain Marvel, which is a, you know, technically a prequel, or I guess it's a sequel to Captain America, but takes place and you can look and say, like, okay, well, there's potential, there's something on the horizon, um, or it's moved, it's moving the franchise forward in, in well, certain, certain respects. With Captain Marvel being the the example, I would. I would challenge that with what you the quote you use from JJ about taking steps back to go forward, because I think that that is exactly what Captain Marvel did in a lot of cases. Not a lot of cases. There were some things that they literally did just that they had gone backwards mm-hmm. in order to move forward. For instance, uh, and spoiler alerts again for people who haven't seen Captain Marvel. I'm not nearly as ashamed of you for not seeing that movie as I would have been for you not seeing Infinity War because it's still (laughs) relatively new. (laughs) So you should have seen it by now, but I'm not going to shame you too bad. It's only been a couple months Um, with Nick Fury, Mm -hmm. right? Explaining the eye patch. Mm -hmm. That's literally going back to go forward. Right. With the the uh, end credit scene with him at the typewriter. Um and typing in the Avenger initiative mm-hmm. or what what did he do? Oh, he looked at her picture and her name was Avenger. Like, yeah, that was something that I picked up on that. Um, it was actually pretty dope. That was really them just cleaning up a mistake that was made in, mm-hmm. in the original Iron Man. When Fury shows up and he's talking to Tony, he was like, here, I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. He, it was singular. Um, 
that wasn't on purpose. They just, he, he just screwed up and nobody corrected it. And right. we were all so freaking excited that we didn't even notice right away until years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but they corrected it. Gamble. Literally go back to go forward. So it's, it's what he's saying is correct. Um, the problem I think as it has been with this franchise is in execution. Agreed. The Last Jedi, which is probably the most controversial movie. I so would far. say so. I mean, I it's, would more, say so. it's more controversial than The Phantom Menace, which we all know how people feel about Jar Jar. Um, Except for George Lucas, who apparently loves him. Yeah, apparently. I don't know why. There's a <laughs> there's a fan theory that um, Jar Jar is like behind Palpatine. It's pretty funny. Oh god. Um, but the 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 Last Jedi execution again. It's another movie where you watch it, and it's a good movie. Initially, I mean, there's some scenes in there that are kind of dumb. Um, yeah, like the green milk. Well, that apparently. Was weird. That was weird. I saw an article about that. There is an animal that actually has like green milk or it's like green. But then by the time it comes out or something, it changes color. It's, I can't remember. Yeah, I've I've read that before. I'm just talking about the way that he went about it, though. Just yeah, right up to the teeth and all the milk and the beard. It was just really weird imagery. Right. You know, and, and not to backtrack, really, but The Force Awakens, really, you you hype up Luke and then you, you don't even show him for the whole movie. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. that's really ridiculous, especially um, considering what happened in Last Jedi. Like, if it were just right, exactly. Y- yeah, I that I, that I can completely agree with. I think he had we were teased something that we never got. Exactly, and it's not like it, it's just bad again. Bad execution, bad writing. Um, I think. I don't know. I don't know why that was was what happened, but it it. I don't know. But the Last Jedi, um, beautiful scenes, some dumb things in it, but also, again, it's not. It's not a game changer. It's not. Well, if uh, if your man is actually dead, that's a game changer. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, he's, if anything, he'll probably be back as a force ghost. Right. But I mean, as a game changer, I mean, as far as challenging what we know about this universe, what we know about the Jedi and what we know about the force. Agreed. I think, I think all of those things, I I really, really believe that those things are going to happen in episode nine. They shouldn't have stretched it out as far as they have. And I could be dead wrong, right? They, JJ could screw this up royally and, you know, really sink the whole thing. But Right. Well, he made a comment recently, which is just furthers my my belief that Lucasfilm is kind of in a free fall. I mean, they're in a they're in a, you know, cash cow phase, but I feel like they're in a free fall. Um, and I'll kind of expound on that a little bit later, but he made a statement about how when making episode nine, they don't want to ignore it, but there are some things where, where they, they honor it, I guess, or something like that. But the way he, the way his phrase was kind of like, he was saying like, Oh, I have to fix some stuff that was done in this movie. 
but I can't like retcon it. But I, so I have to like work it in to make it work. Was kind of a shot at uh, Ryan Johnson, I, in my opinion, but yeah. I mean, bombs <laughs> bombs won't drop in space. <laughs> there's there's no gravity, so I'm sure they would just float away. I mean, that's your big beef. <laughs> no, considering no, all the wild stuff we, <laughs> that happens in these films. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I can suspend my disbelief, but some stuff like that, it's, it bugs me. Um, but no, I'm not saying like that is what makes it feel like that movie failed a little bit too. But in the moving forward, I don't think it's it's done that because um, you know it lifts out it lifts elements again from um, Empire Strikes Back. And any of the questions, you know, those little breadcrumbs that were laid in the first one weren't even paid off. And I'm not even right. talking about like Ray's parents. Like I'm cool with the fact of them being nobodies. Like, hey, that's a MacGuffin. It's that's cool. But right. one of the biggest mysteries in The Force Awakens was like, who is this Snoke guy? And then, you know, the fans are told, oh, it's going to be explained in the next one. And then right. in the next one, it's not. Yeah, that that ticked me off too and and yeah it's just bad either bad marketing or bad filmmaking one or the other like somewhere the ball was dropped and um like either don't tell us that right don't get us hyped for some information that never comes or you know if if that was always the plan to not really give us that information then you could have just made that announcement too like the world may never know or, you know, some something more clever than that. But just keep them shrouded in mystery. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to know who Snoke is, but we're not going to tell you. Right. Until and you actually get ready to deliver that. Exactly. And that's another thing, too. It's like, I don't want to say they're, you know, you're they're beating a dead horse or anything like that. But it's kind of like, guys, get to the point. Yeah, I some of these things. There's no reason to wait three movies for. I mean, a New Hope came out again. You know, blockbuster, amazing movie. People were, were blew their minds and crap like that. Next movie comes out. I think two. No, so it was seventy seven. So like three, three years later, something like that. Which is a long time to wait. Maybe four years later. I can't remember now. No, I think it came out in eighty three, didn't it? Oh, like six, six years. Six years, yeah. Um, long time to wait, but the payoff was was there. Even though, you know, you find out Vader is Luke's father. Right. Originally, that wasn't in Lucas' plan, but you know, he did it and he paid off for it. And it was one of those things where it's like, wow, okay, you didn't even allude to this in the first one, but it paid off. You know, the first one, Obi Wan alludes, you know, talks about things, and he comes back to to whisper and. Luke's ear through the force and stuff like that. And then you get the payoff right away. He's back as a forest ghost. He's right. he's helping, um he tells Luke where to go get where to go train and things like that. So you're getting the payoff kind of like right away. And these it's like stretching stuff out where it's like just get to the point, you know. Different era of filmmaking. I, I agree that, that that's probably unnecessary. Um, I'm just looking at it from a business perspective now, though, more so than us being entertained or, or good storytelling. 
Right. From that's that's just kind of how they do it now, right? Everything is building up to something else instead of closing things out the way you might like. Um, everything is a series. Everything is a, I mean, this is already a franchise, but everything is a franchise. So we can't give you everything now because we need to get your money for the next movie too. Right. But that's side that, note. I screwed up on my dates too. I just looked it up. You were right. Um, uh, Empire did come out in 80 and then our return to Jedi was 83. Oh, okay. So three years. I mean, yeah. So, so it's pretty similar to what, what what's happening now is, three years instead of two but right but back then you know special effects and stuff took longer right and there was nothing else really competing with it not on that level right well i mean flash gordon did come out the same year as empire strikes back but you know hey (laughs) um but yeah so the last jedi execution wise again just kind of meh kind of bad i think the director and i believe he he wrote it too or wrote the final treatment or the one they used or something like that doesn't understand the material that well um didn't really understand the characters and part of the reasons why i say that is because mark hamill was kind of vocal about his role and yeah he was and um, the character he played and things like that. I mean, he's calmed down a little bit and he's, um, I mean, I don't know if it's in his contract and stuff like that or just his best in- interest in, in remaining to get paid. But he right. was, you know, saying things like, oh, this isn't my version of Luke Skywalker. And, and he, you know, I can't remember who he's being interviewed by, but he recounted um, back and forth he had with Ryan Johnson about some of the scenes and, and things like that. Um, and, you know, the movie where it picks up when you first see uh, Luke and, and Reyes holding out his light, his his old lightsaber to him, which to me doesn't make sense how they found it, but whatever. Yeah, that, disbelief. Was, that was awfully convenient. Yeah, it was it was it was lazy writing to quote Deadpool. <laughs> But she hands it to him. He throws it over his shoulder and is like, I mean, you know, one of our friends, we were talking about it and he was saying how, um, you know, he's like, he's like, man, that scene kind of bothered me because and then I realized why is because he's like, oh, that was his dad's lightsaber. That was, you know, just the history that goes with it. You're just going to like toss it behind your back and you know, just kind of like for laughs and it cheapens, cheapens the whole thing. Um you know, the story of him wanting to end the Jedi and why, again, kind of an interesting thing. Um, but again, the the pay, the payoff for it was so long. I mean, you went through The Force Awakens for two hours and some minutes, and then you, you start this, and, you know, years later, and it's like, that's it? You should have, you should have put that in the first movie. And then right. picked up the pace for the second movie. Fair enough. You know, um, you know, not to to rag on it too much, but there's, you know, plot points that don't get answered. There are things in it that don't make sense, um, like the the plan of outrunning them. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> this is a major blockbuster, and that's the best you can come up with for, you know, arguably, I won't say the best fans in the world, but some of the best fans in the world. Um, you're you're going to have a slow speed space chase and <laughs> because you're running out of fuel like. Yeah, I got nothing for that one. That was just not great. No. And then the plan all along. So here's my thing. Like, I, I'm, you know, I understand movies, you know, characters die and books and they die and stuff like that. Sometimes they bother me. Sometimes they don't. But in this instance, how many ships were blown up because that was the plan is to just <laughs> is to get to that base. But right. then in the final ship, when it's only like a handful of people left, they're like, oh, go in the escape pods. They're too small for the ships, you know, the other ship to pursue us. And it's like, well, if they're too small to pursue you, why didn't you tell the other ships to abandon ship? you know, lock in a course and keep going and then get the, get everyone on the escape pod. You just sacrificed like 99% of the resistance, a.k.a. the Rebel Alliance, for no reason. So I have an issue when people die for no reason. Fair enough. Yeah. It's all part of the journey, though, I guess, because th- to be fair, that's another one of those things that just kind of happens in these type of movies. Like somebody's got to be cannon fighter for lack of a better word and i i get that but that's like like when you see it play out you're like okay blah blah blah, it's happening but then you you realize and you're like wait what it's kind of like you know you you order you know you order a burger or something and you say um now nah, i can't i can't come up with a good analogy for it but it's it's just one of those things that that you just wonder, like, how is this? How is this greenlit? How is this? How how is this even a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So it's just uh, it, it. It's a lot of of. You know, again expectations and very little payoff i mean the scene with um uh when they're in the the what's it called crete or some crate um the salt planet the battle oh, yeah. wasn't really a battle um the scene in the casino and, and that plot point was kind of pointless um there's there's a lot in the movie and i and i tried rewatching it and, and trying to be by on you know very um neutral and looking at what's going on and everything like that but it's really hard like i couldn't make it through the last jedi again it was pretty divisive like only people either really hate it or they're really defending it but they never like i I haven't met too many people that say oh i really like this movie like they will defend it and say why it's necessary and you mm-hmm. know certain plot points um but yeah it, it is it has caused a lot of arguments online yeah. and in in real life it really yeah and you know hopefully we come across as actually looking at these things logically and not just nitpicking about stuff like right 
bombs floating in space or something like that. But yeah, that might be a little bit of nitpicking, but I know. But I, like I said, I can let that one go. Sure. Although what does bug me is, and it happens in uh, episode three in the beginning where they're in the space battle and things are blowing up in space and they're like these giant explosion sounds. And it's like in real life, I mean, obviously none of this would happen in real life, but there's no sound in space. So those explosions shouldn't sound like that or sound like anything. Yeah, that'd be pretty boring for us. Yeah, I mean, that just forces you to be more creative. You know, you paint yourself into, if you paint yourself into a corner, it just forces you to figure out how to get yourself out. Fair enough. And usually that's that, to... It ain't that easy, though, I can tell you that. No, but at least that's to your fans' benefit. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I don't know, it's it's just bad execution, I think. Um, I and it's it, it was weird for me, too, because, like I said, I couldn't finish The Last Jedi, but I, like, my favorite movie of these new series is Rogue One. And so The Force Awakened, I didn't really like it. Rogue One came out. I was like, wow, this was, movie was great. I really enjoyed this one, especially that scene. I mean, like, that scene with, with Vader, it really mm-hmm. shows you, like, how bad of a dude he is. Like, how even, you know, looking at um, Return of the Jedi, it's like, I don't know if this dude has any, you know, he he can be uh, redeemed because he, he did a lot of bad stuff. He murdered everybody yeah and and younglings and all this other stuff and he it was a horror scene like that scene is yeah you know that that scene is 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 epic um so after leaving rogue one i was really hopeful for episode eight and then after you know leaving episode eight i was kind of on the i didn't care for it fence and then um you know, and trying to like rewatch it and stuff and just thinking it over and different plot points. And also too, like the news around how Ryan Johnson handled the criticism and stuff. It kind of, I just don't like it. And it's probably kind of evident, but I hope the reasons I dislike it are not just because like, oh, it's, you know, he used, you know, force projection. No, that's cool. Like that's awesome to see on screen, but it just doesn't, makes sense and it doesn't tie together yeah this is true and then what was it solo i haven't seen solo i've tried solo, watching i it. haven't seen either I, I have not heard anything enough good about it for me to invest yeah like somebody told me like oh it's worth seeing like if you like star wars and i was like i do like star wars <laughs> and like right. oh it's worth t- checking out i'm like you're not selling me on it though like why do I need to see it? Like, what is it in it, that movie that, you know, I, I don't know about him already. And I'm like, oh, you kind of get his star. I'm like, yeah, he's a smuggler. I kind of get the gist of it. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, Darth Maul's in it. I was like, okay. The Kessel Run, probably. Right. But yeah, it's, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, I think when I'm on my next flight somewhere, I'll probably download it. And watch, well, I can't download it, but... I'll probably watch it then, but too much content, man. It's hard to keep up. Yeah, especially when you know the. <laughs> for me, the the franchise is kind of just in a in a boring place. So I think I think uh, everybody kind of feels that way. Yeah. I mean, what what helped Rogue One 
was yet again, you know, going reaching back to uh, part of a story that we already knew. It was still good stuff to see, but yeah. But I mean, I think um, I think uh, Lucasfilm needs to, and I'm sure they are. They need they may need to adjust their model, um, and instead of releasing a film every year, essentially, like they're doing, you know, an episode every other year, and then some other like anthology type story in between they might need to tweak that. Like maybe we space out the episodes a little bit more. But I think that is uh as much as anything was kind of solo's undoing. Not not necessarily Star Wars fatigue, but people were so disenfranchised with uh The Last Jedi and kind of unhappy with the direction of the universe anyway, and then they dropped the solo film that nobody really wanted for and Han the the guy they had casted for Han I think people had a lot of questions about from what I understand he did a decent enough job but Mm -hmm. that was a that was a lot of controversy like it was people that were bigging up uh Glover as as Lando more so than I forget the actor's name that played Han yeah I know I can't remember his name I can see his face right now but I can't think of his name um yeah, so I think that that led to some of the lukewarm reception of Solo. And then once the reviews started coming out, that was a wrap. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was doomed from the start. You know, if you're going to go back in time and do a Star Wars movie, and what do people want to see Star Wars? They they want to see the Jedi. So century- Maybe, maybe not. You know, some people might want to see the Sith. But I'm saying, you you know, the Sith and the Jedi are yin and yang. So true. You have one, you have the other. But that's but that's the thing, though, is you can go anywhere in this universe in any direction you want. So you could go back and, you know, do a a movie about how Palpatine rolls or something, you know, an origin story for him or, you know, make up a Sith from 100 years ago and, and do a story about that or go 100 years in the future and make a story about that. There is there is a lot of ways you can go. Um, Agreed, and, and and I'm I'm I feel like they are definitely going to explore at least some of those potential options. Yeah, but how long is it going to take them? Uh, whenever Disney Plus drops. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about like TV shows and stuff. Well, not just TV shows, but all of it. Like, I don't see there's that there's any reason why they couldn't just put um, original programming out on the streaming service, uh, especially if maybe that's a change to the, the model, right? You do your episodic films in theaters, release the anthologies mm-hmm. via streaming. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, it's all, it's all your money anyway. And if nothing else, you probably can cash out more from the streaming service because you don't have to worry about, you know, whatever cost it is to, to work with the theater chains. Right. Although I imagine the theaters are probably paying the studio. I don't really know how that whole business works. No, I think it's like kind of like profit sharing a little bit. Got it. That's why, Um, I mean, the the, the theater makes more money in concessions than tickets, though. Right. Which is why I have stopped 
bringing in entire meals into the movies. <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. Even um, though these prices are ridiculous. Right. I mean, my thing, too, is like sometimes it's like I'm not a big candy guy, but I don't want my Twizzlers to be stale. Yeah, that would piss me off. I paid $17 for some, <laughs> some Raisinets, and they all stuck together, and nah. And I'll bring it back. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you need to do something about this. All right, JB, where do you um, what do you think happened? Where do you think uh, Star Wars is as a franchise? I think that Star Wars is in a as good a place as it could be at this point. Because uh, good, bad, or indifferent, Episode Nine is done. It's gonna come out. Whatever happens with that happens with it. But I think that now they are in a place where. You can almost start from scratch. Not so much starting from scratch, but you have, you know, an infinite number of possibilities and places you can go with this because this trilogy has closed out. Right. So whether you do stuff with the Skywalkers again or not, it's kind of up to Ryan Johnson and whatever it is he's going to do with these. But between between the films. Uh, video games are still going strong, even though people were were pissed off about the, you know, in-game purchases with the last one. But it sounds like EA has learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, between the films, video games, you know, books are still going strong. Uh, their comics are out again. I think Star Wars is in a good place, um, as, as long as they are able to, like, let's say, Episode Nine sucks. I don't think that that will affect things super negatively going forward, but they got to knock it out the park with whatever's coming after that. Now, if episode nine is good, I still feel like they got to hit a home run with whatever film is coming next, but it does buy uh, Lucasfilm a little bit more goodwill with the fans, especially since everybody hated on Last Jedi. Well said. Um, I, I am cautiously optimistic, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad place to be. I believe everything at Lucasfilm is on hold that's not related to Disney+. Plus. So that TV show, The Mandalorian, um, that's right. still a go. But the movies are on hold after Solo underperformed. And they're going to reassess after Nine is released, I believe. So I think, I they think they're to- just telling us that they got to still be working on it. There's no way they're just going to say, all right, well, all this no. other stuff we've been working on, you just just chill. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Yeah, I just don't think anything's been like greenlit to start filming or shooting right away. No, yeah, no. And that may be, you know, part of taking uh, its, its cue from its sister company with Marvel and, um, you know, keeping things secret. Like, maybe you don't discuss future plans that could be spoiled by what's going to happen in episode nine. What I think happened is I think that the the, the episodes have fallen short. Um, I think the standalones, they're batting 500, maybe a little bit higher because, you know, I heard, like you said, Solo, Solo wasn't terrible. It's just something no one really asks for. Yeah, pretty um, much. But ultimately, 
the the franchise you know hasn't advanced at all um it's using the same plights and the same plot devices from the original movies and that instead of dragging the skywalker story out for three more movies disney and lucasfilm should have started afresh because if you look at where, where what's going on, what we know of this universe and things like that, nothing has really changed since Return of the Jedi. I mean, characters have changed, but nothing else has, has ultimately changed that much. Right, and so I'm still in a very small place in the universe. That's true, but I mean, that's... No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Um, great. And I feel like they've, they've drug out the development of this new trilogy. But it's not really done anything but, you know, line their pockets and line the pockets of their shareholders. And as a fan, and as someone who's concerned about fandom and things like that, that's kind of um, offensive when you only care about it from, you know, based on profit margins. But they kind of have to, right? You're beholden to your, your shareholders in that way, not so much the fans. And, and it sucks being a fan to, to think of it in that way. But where are you but, without uh, your customers, though? Agreed. Hey man, Mickey is about that bread. Like when it was Lucasfilm Independent, <laughs> maybe there could be uh, more fan service um, toward the quote-unquote real fans. But Mouse are trying to print that money, so yeah. No, I just I I just feel like they're taking the fan base for granted. Um, and there and may be some. There may be some of that. Yeah. Um. You know, Star Wars, Lucasfilms, uh, owned by Disney, but ultimately, I, I feel like it's in the hands of people who don't really understand the property or they or care about it. Right. And um, like I said before, they, they, they just care about profit. And part of the reason I believe that is because, I mean, George Lucas has been more vocal. I mean, he won't come out and say what he thinks about the movies um, flat out. Right. Which, which I think is fine. That's good. Like, you know, let people... If they enjoy it, enjoy it. If they don't, they don't. That's fine. He has been kind of vocal about his interactions with Disney post the sale. Because he's 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 a owner of Disney as well. Right. But that's part of the deal. But yeah. But they. It's come out that they he they went to him or he had treatments as part of the acquisition. He had to write treatments for sequel movies, and Disney didn't use them. Disney, which they have the right to do, but Disney I didn't. Mean, George ain't, ain't strike gold with everything, though. No, we, we started off with the holiday special. <laughs> Jar Jar was a thing. <laughs> I agree. Um, you know, they, they didn't consult with him on the other movies and things like that, so it's kind of like this is the guy who created the universe but you're not even running ideas by him even if you're not going to use him just to you know just for s and g's that's 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 telling about who's running the franchise yes and no if i give you four billion dollars or however much they pay for lucasfilm i don't want to hear from you unless i call you don't call me you have been paid get out my face but that's the thing though it's like you know sometimes you you still talk to the person you bought you bought the place from. Agreed. You know it's it just you know happens and even with with this 
with this uh, franchise and with um, his standing and what he's done with this universe, I mean, I think the man's earned the, the right to, you know, at least be, get asked, hey, George, what do you think about XYZ? I mean, and that's they could offer that as a professional courtesy, but I don't know that they are that he is owed any of that. I no, think that but, he he got what he was owed. But I'm I, yeah, and I I get like professional courtesy and everything like that. But the fact that they're not doing it, I think it's again it's telling about who's in charge of the property. The fact that they're not doing it, like you don't owe them anything. But just out of but we you know, also don't know what those treatments were. Like they could have just been bad. No, no, he 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 um talked about one of them. One of them was yeah, it doesn't sound really good. Where he talks about the like a micro universe within Star Wars. Okay. But some of the some of his ideas about Episode Seven and Eight and things like that, he hasn't really talked too much about. I don't Got know it. if it's because he can't. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. You know, but the the fact is they they have not talked to him about it, um, and these movies, you know, specifically seven and eight, they don't really have George Lucas' imagination, and that's for better or worse. I mean, we know Jar Jar was a thing, and the Holiday Special, and the Ewoks, and all this other stuff, but no matter what he did, he always tried to present, you know, something new for the fans, whether it was like a new planet, a new ship, this or that. He tried to do something for the fans in each one of his movies. And it shows because, um, for me, rewatching those movies and thinking, and thinking about the storyline of those movies, each one was something new and each one was another piece on the board for this universe. And that's something that these movies are lacking. So, I mean, ultimately, I, I'm interested to see what happens after this story is wrapped up. I'm not. I was okay with Return of the Jedi and that being the end of Luke's story. I'm more interested in seeing what else happens in the universe. What else happens with the Jedi or the Sith or whatever new threat right. happens. So, um, you know, I may be tuning back in after Nine is released and. You know, I'm not going to go see it opening night or I'll probably wait till the reviews and stuff come in and people whose opinions I respect and how they feel about it and whether it's worth checking out. But, um, yeah, you kind of got to see it just regardless of what the reviews are, just to just to close the whole joint out, you know? Nah, I'm good. I'm cool. Because, I mean, it's no reason to. (laughs) That's the thing is there's no reason for me to see the the movie. Ray's parents are nobodies, okay? I mean, are you going to tell me who Snoke was? I mean, it doesn't matter. He's dead. No, that doesn't matter, but... Don't give a crap about Kylo. Like, you know, the... Oh, well... Okay, well, then that's that. Well, yeah, Palpatine's back. There's... And that obviously... Oh, God, I forgot about, about that. Something. I know, and I forgot about that. And I think that's the biggest eye-rolling thing ever, where it goes back to my point of... They're using the same plot points from the original movies. It's done. Come up with something new. I don't disagree. But I think this, like I have been saying the whole episode, I, I really do feel like this is just kind of putting a bow on it, right? This is like Palpatine could be their Captain Marvel moment in that they are using his appearance to 
close out some point that was made previously and and somewhere in the, in in the films or to open a new chapter that may not be adjacent to the the skywalkers who knows yeah but th- again execution it's poor execution is is poor i agree it's poor i mean I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's in charge of Star Wars, and I don't think she knows what she's doing. Unless she wants to hire us. Get at us, Miss Kennedy. I'm pretty sure we can come up with some treatments and oh yeah, interesting ways to go um, that, that aren't being done. And, uh, and you know, too, you know, if you look at the director who was supposed to direct Episode 9, Colin uh, Trevorrow. Yep. He left because, or he was fired because of creative differences between Lucasfilm and, or Kathleen Kennedy himself, or Lucasfilm himself. So it's like these little things that just keep happening behind the scenes, whether it's Rogue One or yeah. Solo and things like that, where it's like all these things are happening on set or happening between uh, Lucasfilms and, and the productions and the teams and all this other stuff. It's like something's going on where it's not cohesive and it's not clear where they're headed there does seem to be a a level of um like micromanagement that's happening at lucasfilm i don't know if kathleen kennedy is nervous about her position or what but there does appear to be something going on over there that something smells rotten in denmark yeah i agree i don't know these the movies star wars the universe exact same place as return of the jedi and um i think that's pretty sad because they could have gone in such a better direction story-wise than than they have and yeah. um uh, and that's why i'm kind of disappointed as a fan what do you guys think ultimately is what we need to know here Maybe Josh is Josh right. And I are both dead wrong. Okay. Unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> but we're open to the possibility, right? So holla at us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And what are your thoughts on the franchise, the uh, moves that they've currently made, direction they're going, all that good stuff? Chime in. We need to hear your voices or at least read your text and tweets and posts and such. I actually do have uh, some homework. What you got? So when we went out, well, first of all, just in general, support your uh, local comic book shops. And uh, when you get a chance to man, support some uh, local art or, you know, some some indie indie artists or writers, um, I think that's a, a worthwhile endeavor. You might you know, you just never know. You might come up on something that uh, is dope that you could share with other people. You might not like it. All right. You know, everything is not for everybody. But I think, um, you know, for this this nerd thing to keep thriving the way that it is, uh, we're going to need really to support uh, creatives in that way. So to that end, the homework I have for you guys is a book um, that I just picked up recently, actually, at a, a at a con 
from uh, David Gordon, who actually was kind enough to sign the book for me. I appreciate it. Shout out to him. Uh, it's called Kwame Hightower and the Man with No Names. Um, it's about a 12-year-old kid. He, he goes to London on a trip with his mother um, there at Buckingham Palace. And he yanks, and that's probably a crude way of saying it, but he yanks Excalibur out of the stone and hijinks ensue. He is now the king of England. So that was, I thought it was a, a pretty dope, um, pretty dope book. I got into it. And strangely enough, I really dig the fact that it was in black and white. I didn't think that I was going to like that part of it. I'm like, uh, it's not really my thing. I like color, but uh, for this story, it seems to work out pretty good. So, uh, yep. Kwame Hightower and the man with no name, David Gordon. Awesome. Yeah, I have that too. And, um, can't wait to read it. I, I I bought so much stuff. I haven't. Yeah, man, it's, it's hard to get into to all of it. Um, yeah, I knew I I knew that one was going to be one of the first ones I read because I bought it specifically to read to uh, JB Junior. So <laughs> awesome. That's what we've been doing. Great. So check that out. It would be um in the show notes and everything like that. And, uh, you know, like JB said, support local because that's where, uh, you know, there's some really creative content out there. And if you guys have, you know, art, short stories, treatments, stuff, throw them our way, man. I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, almost went with the government and Josh (laughs) and Josh and I are, Definitely game to check that stuff out, man. We'll, we'll shout you guys out as well. Yeah. Um, even if it sucks, I'll tell you that. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be as honest as I can. I think um, there's value in criticism, yeah. you know, and if that's what I have to offer, whether it's praise or a critique, I'll give you, I'll be honest with you. And I, I think that is uh, something that we all can appreciate. Right. Honesty is always key, and constructive criticism only helps people get better. Man, it is at a premium. You, you'd you be surprised how hard it is to actually get legit, honest criticism from people. Yeah. Get that book. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at viewsfromthebackoftheclass underscore pod, or you can email us at viewspod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Cut the check.